So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and the person desperately chopping at the volume controls would be Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm sorry. I'm good. I'm, wow, you can hear that, eh? When I clunk, 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 I bet you it sounds awful. But, um, you know, it does. Yes, Probably wow. nobody would notice, but I called attention to it, and so now we're, you know, of course you did. in trouble. Well, now we're now we're going to flog it to death. Um, no, you were very loud. It was very loud. Yeah, I do it was talk. Very loud. I talk much louder, I, I think, radio time than I do when it's not radio time. Do you really? Do you think you do that? I don't know. Oh. It's kind of like the commercials that come on, and they're louder than the show. Ah, uh, so you try to match the volume of the introduction, I bet. It, I guess, it it, it always seems to me like th- that. Welcome everybody is just. Really, wow! I don't. Mean to, I don't mean to. It surprises me too. <sighs> too much. Too much. Oh my! So, well. So. I'd ask you how your day had been, but um, why don't we talk about mine instead? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about yours instead. I'll just tell everybody my day's been reasonably crappy. Crappy, crappy. Well, um, I feel a lot better now. Because it's radio show night. It's radio and we show have night. A, a hell of a show coming up. It's almost like really? some channels that talk about they, they're physically ill, but then when they get on stage to channel, it's like they feel fine. And then the channel gets over with, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, bleh. And radio show does that to me. Or, or me Musicians, too, I think, you know, TV show hosts, um, yeah. anybody who, who works in front of a camera or behind a mic would say the same thing. You know, you can be you can sick to death, literally, like just gagging in the back. And then as soon as, you know, it's time to go on, game on, here I go. It's a totally different person coming across, which is not to say it's a totally different person, but it feels like. Show must go on. Thing. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, but I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's forced. It, no, it's just a natural. Oh, it's more. Yeah, it's more than that because I, I literally do the times I've been sick when we've been doing this show, which have been very few. Um, I I just suddenly feel better about fifteen minutes before the show. Which is good because it's like fifteen minutes that I get for not being yelled at. Boom! I don't have control of the thing, so I can't. <laughs> Well, and it's it's way down in the R's. I need to rename it to like start with A, so that I'll, 
There it is. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, um, in light of, in light of our guest tonight and the topic we're going to be talking about, I was wondering, Sir Captain, um, Cap- Captain O'Shields, I was wondering if I might have the con for a moment. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> yeah. Well, sure. I'll still have the. It's- Emergency bridge controls over here, so I can play the. Totally you know what's interesting but. about this? Um, when I first thought about bringing this up today on the show, and actually when I first Yulebrecht, it was it was first discussed tonight today on 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 Facebook, of course, because a lot of things happen on Facebook with our multitude of friends and family. Um, but, you know, there's constantly an, an engaging conversation going on somewhere, either on my wall or your wall or Everyday Connections wall. One one of the three. There's something cool going on. Most so, all the time. Um, almost all the time, which is really awesome. We know some incredibly um just incredibly interesting and engaging people who like to have, you know, Entertaining discussions about stimulating discussions about about real life issues, Um, and when it came today on your wall, I was really soapboxy about it, and especially since I guess it it, I first came up last night, and and the reason I'm saying last night is because last night is when my husband and I sat down to watch um, I believe it's the Discovery Channel, no History Channel's new um, rendition of the Bible. So what they've done is they've to a bunch of stories in in almost documentary form, which is really odd. It's kind of half documentary, half movie. Um, and of course, I mean, our friends and family know my soapboxy issues with some parts of the Bible <laughs> and some people's interpretations of them. So you can well imagine, you know, my, my poor husband sitting beside me on the couch watching me watch this. And, you know, I, I'm looking at him going, should I, you know, do you have a muzzle for me? Because I'm pretty sure I'm going to talk through this. ...commented or comically posed to try and lighten, you know, bring a little light to the situation. That whole enlightened thing, the hell up. Um... So so there's that and and then you know I I got so foxy and it it really kind of irks me that this is still going on and I, because I just think we're so at the stage where we should really be passive and normally I would get really angst and so foxy about this issue but tonight I'm not going to I'm just going to point out something that I've noticed just, you know, my own personal simple truth and and let you guys swim in this for a bit and consider it while we're talking tonight about Christianity and Catholicism and the direction of the church and the direction of mankind in general. Um, I just want to point out one simple truth, and that is that amongst those um, very very pointed and easy to understand first rules that we were given – Christians, children of Abraham were given um, that, you know, have been referred to as the Ten Commandments. Um, you know, one of them, one of them was thou shalt not kill. And I I have to, 
I have to kind of sit in awe of the multitude of ways that we as human beings have come up with sub-rules to excuse ourselves from this base rule. Um, you know, thou shall not kill. Except when? Unless you're protecting your own or you're protecting somebody else or you're killing in God's name or, you know, there's been a lot of unless or except when. So, and we did that. We did that literally for, you know, hundreds if not thousands of years. And then came along this really cool dude that we called Jesus. And he simplified it for us because he figured, all right, you know, we gave them ten rules and uh, they didn't quite get that. So I'm going to dumb it down for them and simplify it, and I'm going to make two rules. And they're they're really basic and simple. Love thy God and love thy fellow man. Um, but, you know, we still, we still couldn't get that. So next time you find yourself getting caught in a debate about gun control or, or any of these multitude of issues, really just take a second and sit back and think about what you're doing because really it's not about it's not about who's right or who's wrong at the end of the day it's about who is lying to themselves about what's really going on and what's really going on is that we're still killing each other and we shouldn't be and that's it. That's the end of the story, you know. And I could get soapboxy and I could get angsty about it, but I think I'm just, I'm just, I think I'm tired of of saying it and of noticing it and of repeating it. So I'm just going to say it on the air as gently as I can. Something to keep in mind next time you're talking about one of these world issues and the military and wars and gun laws and and all this stuff every time. You discuss this stuff and you justify a gun being in the hands of a soldier or a police officer but not in the hands of a civilian. You're, you're, you're essentially lying to yourself because there was no thou shalt kill except. It was just simply thou shalt not kill. So, you know, I don't know. Um, and that's it. No soapbox. Just... <sighs> Think about it, please. Please think about it. That's just, all I'm asking. Yeah, just have a pause for thought. Don't just you know? Pause and think about it. Run headlong okay. into you know. Yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, yeah. Just think about it. Um. So, and that that being said, um, we have a lot more to think about tonight. Like, and now back to the show. Happen? Um, like what's going to happen to the church what is going on over there in Catholic land because you know this is going to affect billions of people's lives and this is major regardless of whether or not we support religion or don't support religion I really you know right right, wrong or indifferent right or wrong Um, it's still a thing for like millions hundreds of millions of people on this planet is it hundreds of millions of people's faith is centered on on this organization and and, and there are you know many, I mean many many good people in the organization and, oh and, goodness gracious uh, yes uh, I, I I've never met I've never met a nun I didn't like 
I can honestly say that. I've met a lot of sisters of the cloth. I've never met one I didn't like. Um, I'm sure they're out there, but I've never met one I didn't like. Yeah. Yay, sisters. And, you know, I, I, I just like to point that out because it, it seems in the media these days that the Catholic Church can do no right. And I'm not saying that there's not rot within, you know, anything has to be pruned and cared for as time goes along. But like most things, it's mostly good stuff going on, you know, with just local folks that are just trying to take care of each other. I think so. Yeah. I, I think so much is changing right now. I think that, and that's, I think that's what tonight's show is about and why we got Robert on because this to, this to me is an opportunity, you know? I mean, again, I have to reiterate, I don't think it's necessary for the church to fall. Um, I think it's necessary for it to evolve or it will. Oh, certainly, but certainly that, evolve. I think but, any structure going on on this planet absolutely or absolutely. not what I do now I don't know what did you do I don't know you just got real quiet no I, I'm here I'm here I'm just thinking about it because it's, it's interesting to even my own progression as um as an individual where you know I mean it's not so long ago I was completely anti-Catholic church. Um, and then I realized like how many people actually rely on the Catholic church, not just for their faith, but some for their food, for their shelter. Um, and having traveled to a third world country, I've seen what good the church and the people on the ground have done. Um, and, and so I can't find complete fault in in religion or in a belief that that encourages you to take care of your fellow man and to to you know care for others i i simply can't i can't find complete fault in that but like rick said there will always be individuals within an organization that are left wanting for lack of a better word and but again well spotlight those Doing good and take the spotlight off those who are not doing so good. Do you, do you think maybe the ones who aren't doing so good might just go away, or they might relax and lighten up and do better? There's a lot. There's so many options, but if you just get in their face, there's only one option, and that's a lot of getting in the face of each other. Really. Right. But but it is, I think, a, 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 a an historic opportunity. Um, and, you know, some of these people that are on the candidate shortlist are talking about women need more re- responsible positions, even within the Vatican, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, so if, even if those voices are not the ones that get chosen, um, there's just a lot going on, but I'm, I'm really curious because, you know, nobody knows because the Pope hasn't retired in anyone's living memory. Um, but, I mean, he specified, like, the hour, not just the day. Yeah. And that yeah, seems... Yeah, it seems very, very direct and pointed and well-planned out, well-thought-out. Not that I wouldn't expect the Pope to not plan everything out, but, you know, in, in very ancient times, the, the Catholic Church was very open about using um, using astronomy and astrology to 
helps them make some of the more important decisions with regards to their organization. Um, it's something that they certainly don't talk about or admit to anymore. But, but they have a huge I think this, uh, astronomy department. They have a gigantic oh, telescope yes. in, where is it, New yes. Mexico or yes, Arizona here in the U.S.? And, and, yes. yes, they do. And the scientists um, wear white collars, but but they're trained like any other astronomer would have been at college. Right. So, so I thought it would be, you know, it, it made sense to me then to bring on uh, our friend who who does do astronomy um, to talk about why the Pope would make the decisions that he made around the time that he makes, you know, makes it. And why did he pull the date out of his hat that he pulled out of his hat seemingly? Um, so, you know, I think I think this is an exciting opportunity for us to be able to examine this from a different point of view. Absolutely, because uh, it's entirely possible, like you said, that it's been a, that all of that was taken into account when the date was picked and stuff. And there could be lots of reasons. And I want to know what I want to know what the stars have to say about all that. Because man, we've been having meteorites and asteroids and mm-hmm. ast, you know astronomical visitors. Absolutely. Why did that asteroid go inside the satellite band? That's nutty. We got so many pieces. Well, I mean, we got so many pieces of metal up there going around the planet that, you know, really it looks like a big garbage dump when you look at it from the moon. And um, to have something go in and not hit any of those things, they spend days trying to figure out how to fly rockets without hitting any of that stuff, calculating and recalculating. And this rock just goes, you know, shoom. Seems kind of wonky, doesn't yeah, it? I know. It so anyway, totally seems kind of let's let's uh, welcome Robert to the show. How are you, Robert? Okay, I was waiting for the segue. The segue. <laughs> <laughs> the opportunity came up so many times, and then we just kept right? on going. I don't know yeah, what's right. going on there. Lost it. Um, well, we're going to segue back. You could have jumped in any time. We're going to segue back to to okay. what you were saying uh, earlier because that just fits perfect right in what you were talking about uh, about the church at, at the beginning of the show. We're going to end up there, I think. Yeah. Awesome. We're going to circle. I so, yeah, you were, going in circle. You, were, you were talking about, you know, the the timing of the, the departure of Benedict. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that you picked up on the fact that this was planned for for a while. And... I, I saw signs of this happening actually as far back as November of 2012 because see, there are a whole lot of things go on. Uh, back in November of 2012, they started to renovate the Mater Ecclesiastic Monastery in the Vatican, which is where he's going to retire too. He's not there now. He temporarily went outside the Vatican. But but he he's going to be living for the rest of his life at this monastery, which up until November of 2012, there were nuns there. And they told the nuns to vacate the presence, the premises, and uh, we're going to redo the whole place. And, it, and there's definitely, uh, I think, this has been known at least by, by uh, Pope Emeritus, Benedict for at least a year. So this is a long time. The planning was 
meticulous on the timing of this event. See, that's it's really interesting because I was given, um, I was given to be informed, and I won't. I I'm not going to go into details of how I was informed, but I was told two years ago that Benedict had been instructed to step down, and that mm-hmm. he would be um, in alignment spiritually if he did so. And so I've been waiting. In fact, I even wrote a warning to him in in the end of my second book. And now that he's stepping down, I can actually say that that's who that last part of my second book was about. Um, That um, that these times that we're just watching with the Catholic Church. It was during 2010 that he actually went and visited uh, the shrine grave of the last pope that retired. That's right. Yeah. And and apparently told like a biographer or something in 2010 said I would not hesitate to retire, but uh, right this moment is 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 not a good time. And of course that was in the height of the sexual scandal and the stealing of the paper papers and right. papal papers. Yeah. That's kind of a tongue twister. Purple yeah. people eater papal papers. In fact, he had said, um, if a pope was not capable of fulfilling his duties, he had the obligation to resign. So it was like he he actually phrased it as an obligation. And, of course, he was the oldest elected pope. Well, I think it was at 78 years old. So, I mean, he was pretty old to begin with. So that that sort of came up uh, at the very beginning. But not, but I don't think it had a lot to do with his resignation, right? Because as you well know, I mean, once somebody gets in that position of power, they don't want to give it up easily. There was definitely pressure from. It's hard to outside. wean wean oneself off right. from but, yeah. ruler of the but planet. But then we have to ask ourselves: Where did the pressure come from? Ah, well, we're going to talk know, about I'm, that. Awesome, because that's that's. This is freaking fascinating. I'm just, I've been waiting two years to have this conversation with you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> and look, here we are. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And here we um, are. Um, I, I, I should have years, a watch and a calendar, so. Yes. Two years. Uh, now, I understand that in contrast to our usual method of doing things, just to let our listeners know, for any of you that, that want to call in with questions, we might have time at the end. But Robert has... Um, has been kind enough to write out an outline for tonight's show, which we don't usually do, but given the topic, um, we feel it's important that we stick to that outline. So we're essentially going to hand it over to you, Robert, and allow you to go through the series of points that, that you want to talk about. And if anything like really pops out, we'll jump in and oh, oh, yeah, we'll jump in with, with our questions. questions. And two cents <laughs> oh, worth and stuff, but it is a, there's a lot there, and there's right. always a lot. With this particular organization, there's always more than meets the eye, the public eye. Right. And, you know, with with astrology, it's all about timing and sequential events. Absolutely. You know? Well, so, and it, it strikes me on the surface, and again, this is on the surface, but, you know, March 24th is when they start the Easter rites. Mm-hmm. Yes. And starting Easter rites without a pope is just like ah, oh yeah, oh, that was definitely that was definitely planned. So 
he's not given them very much time to plan and make machinations. They got to right. pull this off quick. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot more people have known about this than the public is aware of. I mean, how can they be renovating this place for a year and nobody go, why are you doing that? <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people knew. They just kept it quiet. And, and you know, there are signs yeah, why of that. Are you, where, you know, why are you putting gold gold leaf chairs in the nunnery? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm so and, uh, gold. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, I should mention that my practice of astrology is a little different than the usual one out there, uh, the usual types. Uh, I, I practice what, what I call Jungian astrology, uh, based on Carl Jung, the contemporary uh, psychologist who uh, kind of had the idea that there were archetypes, you know, archetypical patterns and so forth out there. And to me, it just worked out that 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 works for astrology that you know there are patterns and archetypes and and the timing of events in the universe are observable through stars planets and points in space some some of the um astrological uh calculations that we use are actually just imaginary points you know uh, a planet is easy to spot. You can say, oh, you know, Mercury, it's right there. When it's in this part of the sky, it's in this sign. And, and then people say, well, what about the precession of the equinox? The signs aren't where they were 4,000 years ago. They, it's all moved. And so if you just go by the, the mathematics of it, it kind of breaks down. But if you go by archetypes and say, oh, well, there's no rays coming from Mercury or Venus that Im imbues us with its properties, it's just like a clock. You look at the hands on a clock and it tells you what time it is. But the hands on the clock don't actually create time. Well, and, and, you know? and, and you know, I've heard some people argue that, you know, well, astrology doesn't work anymore because we're, you know, uh, we know that we create our reality and blah, 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 blah. Well, right. but as I understand it, the the teaching I've heard from everybody, yes, you create your reality, but it it's a reflection so why wouldn't the positions of things reflect to us what's exactly. going on? We've got signs and hints and reminders everywhere. Sure. So so that's you know I, I'm looking out at at the charts and the and where the stars and the planets and everything are, and I see reflected in there what's happening. Uh, astrology is a lot of observation. You know I, I've been observing. Astrology ever since grade school, my great grandfather started teaching me astrology on his in his rocking chair when I was like three or four years old. So I, long, long periods of observation where I go, hey, you know, every time this happens, you know, this planet is in this position. Hmm, there's a kind of coincidence there, a <laughs> synchronicity, and so that's where my my practice as astrology uh, evolved from. And so when we look at what is going on here, um, it's really, I mean, amazing. Even after 40, 50 years of doing this, I'm still amazed when stuff lines up like this because he, you find it just like mind-blowing. Uh, and we go back to um, to 
everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. You know, Pete Seeger. You know, Indeed. it's like, yeah. Uh, you know, it, we are synchronized with events in the universe, even though we have total free will to make choices and decisions. But as I wrote in, in my book, you know, that there is an infinite number of possibilities, but it's along a curve of probability. You know, it's like it's most probable that the next minute is going to be just like the last minute because there's a momentum to the movement of the universe and to our lives and so forth. But if we change and we make a choice and bend the probability slightly, then we create a little bit different future for ourselves. And it's like ripples that go out from that moment. But the universe is a dynamic thing and, you know, it's all built in that that's all adjusted for as we go. Um, so it's interesting to look back and say, oh, what happened uh, on February 11th, the day that Benedict announced his resignation? And the sun and Venus were in Aquarius at that time. And Aquarius is, of course, you know, the the age of Aquarius, humanitarianism and you know, all that kind of energy. So was he making his final decision on resigning, lining up in Aquarius, a positive side, which is humanitarianism, uh, to be, you know, a, a benefit to humankind, that he is stepping down, you know, for humanitarian reasons. Not really as much for himself, though. There certainly are reasons. I mean, we we can say, well, you know, there was the the uh, child sexual abuse scandal, which really came out, you know, during the last eight years. Um, there's also uh, a lot of things that have been written, if you've been following news, about the uh, the gay uh, uh, groupings in, in Italy that were pushing behind it. Uh, and I don't know how many people are aware of it. There's a huge financial scandal you know, boiling away uh, in the Vatican, uh, and the World Bank is actually of epic proportions. A, oh, I mean, they're looking at money laundering for the mob, for the mafia. It's like whoa. Not to mention, were there not was there not talk of charges being brought against them for crimes to humanity at Absolutely. one time or another as well? Yes. I mean, they've they've just been they've just been assaulted from all sides in the last right. couple of years. Not so you have to say, and you know they've also been assaulted from within, and that's sure. a topic for another show. But well, um, actually, no, this fits perfect because well, I mean, the mafia was always a big ally of the church. Sure. Um, the you know, and it, it, many of these people that have sort of come out on the other side of stuff used to be part of the camp. Right. You know, and and to kind of start to hint towards, you know, what Gene was talking about earlier is now the planets have all moved into Pisces. And we have a huge lineup of planets in Pisces right now. That You know, the timing for, for right now, starting in, uh, in March, early March, we have the sun in Pisces, we have Mercury in Pisces, we have Venus in Pisces, we have Mars in Pisces, and we have Neptune in Pisces. 
like that's a lot of planets in Pisces. There's a huge amount of Pisces energy right now, you know, and so the what is the Pisces energy just to, to explain for people sure. listening what well, Pisces energy? Uh, we have been in the age of Pisces for the last two thousand years. Each age or or sign rules us for roughly yeah. two thousand years. The age before and the Aquarian age. But, right. I mean it goes from Pisces to Aquarius to Capricorn. So it's going like backwards it doesn't go Aries no go the other way so the fish before it was the cross it was the fish and it still is used as a sign for Christianity but if you go back to the first century they actually used uh, the fish as a, as their symbol before the cross. The cross didn't come into use until around uh, 300 uh, A.D., or actually around 400 A.D. So, you know, the, representing this age of Pisces, uh, the dominance of Christianity, uh, and now we're moving into the age of Aquarius, and what is happening in the world? The church is losing people in droves because people are saying, you know, religion, it's not fitting where I am, but I'm a very spiritual person. I believe in spirituality, but not so much in a particular religion. And this has been growing and growing as we move to the age of Aquarius. People are becoming more spiritual, but less religious. And of course, this is what church is looking at from the inside saying, hey, you know, we're losing money. We're losing people. And, you know, we're having all these attacks on us where we before nobody would even question us, and now we're being questioned. Something is shifting and something is changing, and we either have to change with it or we're going to be gone. We're going back to what Rick was saying earlier, and it's not just them; it's us. It's everyone on the planet. We're all feeling it. You know, it's an inside-out kind of thing where we're all saying. We want to believe in something greater than ourselves. This is all Piscean energy. You know, we want to believe in something, you know, but then it's transforming into Aquarius energy where it says, but that something we want to believe in is us. See, that's what Aquarian energy is is transforming the Piscean. We want to believe in something that's Pisces and, you know, it's sort of a dependence. Pisces are, are, are sort of dependent upon an outside force where Aquarius, the energy comes from within. So there's the shift from an outside spiritual source to an inside spiritual source. And that that's the age of Aquarius. You know, you can play that song if you want. Uh, we probably we'll play will. It later. We'll play there it at break time. Absolutely. That's right. Um, so we're in this transition period. And the real interesting part is if you go back and look at December 21st, 2012, <laughs> everybody was thinking, well, not everybody, but many people were thinking, you know, there's going to be an event that occurs on the winter equinox of 2012. Then when nothing happened, everybody was scratching their heads going, eh, uh, well, but something did happen. Something is happening. 
the world is changing and shifting right before our eyes in amazing ways. And all this Piscean uh, planets, you know, all in Pisces are pushing, you know, this, this transformation. Um, and also, you know, we, we had uh, Mercury go retrograde and we had Saturn go retrograde, you know, in the last few weeks. And um, <clears throat> retrogrades are when a planet appears to be moving backwards in the sky. Of course, it's it's an optical illusion. Right. But the effects, though, I, I, I've been observing Mercury retrograde since grade school, and it's really quite amazing, though I have noticed that the effects are not synchronized perfectly with the optical astronomical uh, Mercury retrograde anymore. It's actually happening about 10 days before and goes a little, it's like it's longer, it's wider of a window. So both Saturn and Mercury retrograde were happening in in all of February. And Saturn retrograde has a lot to do with uh, responsibility. You know, where you are responsible and and how you feel responsible and I think this played a big factor in not only the Pope's resignation, he's feeling responsible that, hey, under his watch, all this is going on, you know, and, and he's getting old. It's like time to step aside and, first of all, let, let someone younger come in there who has more energy, but also, I think, time for a shift in the direction of the church because it's heading towards the edge of the cliff right now. And you know? and, and And they – for as much as we talk about things going on that don't hit the public eye, these cardinals, these princes of the church, mm-hmm. I think are all well aware that something's got to change or it's just oh, sure. going to pieces. You know, and the time in February of resignations, it was absolutely incredible that this Saturn retrograde affected people all over the world. And there was a slew of resignations. Of course, there there was the Pope. There was Cardinal Keith O'Brien in the UK, the most senior Roman Catholic cardinal, resigned. And he, admitted. Right, and admitted his, his guilt. I mean, this is Saturn. Uh, the Bulgarian prime minister and government resigned on February 20th because of the austerity things. The U.S. head of the Small Business Administration, Mr. Mills, resigned February 28th. The Indonesian chairman of the ruling party resigned. The Tunisian prime minister resigned February 21st. Uh, I was looking through another one. A police chief in Iowa resigned. A company chairman of EDAM, which is an Israeli company, that has to be, and they're involved with all the Palestinian you know, settlement kind of thing. Uh, he resigned February 8th. The list goes on. I mean, it was an incredible time. I mean, the timing. You go, yeah. wow, got all these people resigning, all these people feeling suddenly responsible. So many of them that I haven't posted, but I've looked at and thought, wow, you know, yeah. just dropping like flies. Exactly. Really. You know, and another factor that comes in is Venus conjunct Neptune in Pisces. Um, well, Neptune has been in Pisces for a long time. It's a long transit takes a long long time venus not so much but the timing of that conjunction it's like wow you know 
I mean, Venus and Neptune are actually kind of like uh, two parts of the same energy. Uh, for signs, you know, that are ruled by Venus, it's sort of like Venus is the daytime ruler and Neptune is the nighttime ruler. So that to have them both together in the same spot in the sky is really emphasizing, you know. Double dose. Exactly. We're getting a huge amount. Uh, and Saturn was uh, giving a lot of energy to the sun. Sun is action uh, through a trine. Saturn was uh, sextile Pluto, which is also sextile sun. So there's like a, a triangular configuration going on between Saturn and uh, Pluto, which is transformation. Uh, and Neptune, of course, which is spirituality. And Venus and Neptune together emphasized the spiritual qualities uh, of Pisces. So, I mean, there was a huge amount of energy going on that is, you know, affecting people of all walks of life in all parts of the world to say, it's time to be responsible. I mean, the movement on gun control, you know? Yeah. Saying, it's time and, to be and, responsible. Well, and some of these people that are just that uh, just stepped down, and there was not any, like, investigation ahead of time, no real scandal. They just, poof, they just went... I swear some of them like woke up one day and went, what the hell am I doing? I can't do this. Yeah, exactly. And off they go. And I'm sure that the Pope's health was a factor. But like oh, I said, this, this has been you know, in the works for a long time. And I, I think there's also um, – when, when, Just one second. But when we talk, about, we talk about his health, we assume we're talking about his mental health. Hmm. I think that his health was definitely a factor, but it was more his emotional health and his spiritual well-being. I yes. think that spiritually, he just decided that in, in order task. to 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 maintain my health and well-being on a spiritual level, I need to step down. Yes. Yeah, I think and and that's how I read that. I think and he, he wanted to do it before he wasn't up to it. You know. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know it. And another interesting thing that came out, it, it's interesting, when I, I looked at um, um, Mr. Ratzinger's chart as he was born, and, and I looked at the timing of what's going on, and I said, you know, there was another factor. The gay issue here was a whole lot stronger, you know, even though it was an undercurrent. Uh, and I think that, that uh, the Pope was gay, actually. I'm not the first one to say that. It actually had come out. But I had already had it in my mind going, hey, you know, I have a feeling that he's gay. And then a blogger came out and said it. And I was like, uh, an Italian blogger. I was like, well, then uh, maybe I'm picking up on something here. So, And I think they were getting – somebody was getting ready to expose him to say something and say, hey, you know. <laughs> Part of the pressure uh, brought to bear. Right, so there was a lot of factors all coming together. Just as we're having a conjunction of multiple planets. <laughs> you know, it's and like I, I, wow. I had storm. an interesting. I'm sorry, like this interesting, um, overwhelming wave of just boom came over me um, when when you were talking about um, his his well being, and and we think about we think about the Pope. Stepping down, I mean, it's just, it's not done. It's unheard of. 600 years. Um, right. But in the doing of this, in order to in order to maintain his health and well-being, 
and that's his that's his main argument for doing it is to maintain his health and well-being he's simply not up to the task he's just given the entire planet permission to put themselves and their well-being ahead of their work yes well, that's why I say that and that's the humanitarian powerful, issue powerful powerful message right there because how often do we say to people you have to it has to be self first self first is not selfish right well, and this is Aquarius energy, which was prominent when he made his announcement. You know, take care of yourself. And so, you know, his resignation had multiple layers to it. Indeed, like I'm—I I'm, never looked at it until I you well, well, on here talking about it. I looked at it that way. Yeah, it, you know, it, I was the whole time looking at it as it's about time, blah blah blah. You know, you're kind of late, buddy. It's been a you know long time coming. I don't know, two years ago, you were supposed to do this, um, but then it occurs to me how brilliant the timing is of this, how well timed and well thought out it is. As you're speaking, it's just it's all coming into alignment for me. Going, yeah, this makes sense now. For him to say two years ago. After visiting the grave and being asked about it, saying now's not the time. Mm-hmm. He didn't. I mean, everybody said, "Yeah, because the church is under this pressure and that pressure, and blah 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 blah." But there's all that still going on. He just said right. it wasn't the time. Yeah. You know, and and uh, going back to what Gene said earlier, one billion people—that's one sixth of the world's population—claim to be Roman Catholic. One sixth of the entire world population. That's one billion people, and for, I think forty percent of that is in South America, Latin America. You know, the shift has occurred. It, it, you know, it's Africa and Latin America. Forty percent. You know, it's it, it's not the European thing anymore. And so, I mean, there's a lot of shifts that have been going on. And the pressure coming up to say, hey, what about us representing us? I mean, I remember uh, seeing bloggers about, you know, when, when he was going and traveling and visiting different places saying, you know, we feel that, you know, in in uh, Latin America, South America, Africa, all the other Catholic areas of the world that, you know, we're kind of like orphans. The redheaded and, stepchildren out there. Exactly. You know, and uh, this is sort of like um, – He's stepping aside to say, well, you know, maybe it's time we embraced the, the the membership that's out there fully instead of just keeping it, you know, close to the vest here. And Rick brought up a, val- a valid point today when we were talking um, in pre-prep for the show. We were talking earlier, and he brought up a very valid point that it happens to be this Pope who has stepped down, who put a lot of those South Americans and, and um, mm-hmm. multi cultural and multiracial people in positions as cardinals. Right. He's installed like almost half of the voting body. And, you know, timing, you're talking about timing. On March 13th, Mars will move from Pisces to Aries. So suddenly, you know, Aries is the action, take action. On St. Patrick's Day, Mercury will turn in direct motion. So go from retrograde to direct Ending a, 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 the, when Mercury is retrograde, we tend to be reflective. You know, we re- reflect back on things. But then when it moves forward, we start thinking about the future. 
On March 20th, the sun enters Aries for the spring equinox. And on March 22nd, Venus moves from Pisces to Aries. So the choice and of Pope... March 24th, to, the new Pope would start the uh, Easter celebration. You got it, exactly. And Aries is a sign which is very centered around individual will and ambition versus Pisces spiritual aspiration. So the energy is going to be completely different in, in choosing this Pope than it is has been up until now. Oh, it has, yeah, it has to be. It has you to know? be. And I, I mean, I keep seeing, and and you know, every every pundit out there is making their short list because of course they don't publish them from the church. Right. And uh, but most of the short lists I've seen, yeah, there's a couple of guys from the continent in there. From Europe, and of course they have the prophecies but, of Saint Malachi, Malachi to contend with, uh, right? You know the 12th century Irish Archbishop who had the list of future popes. Now, of course, some people say that this whole thing was a hoax and created as a propaganda tool back in the 1500s, uh, and it's sort of like come down to us like the quatrains of Nostradamus. You know, some people see well. events in it, and some people don't. But, you know, I can't say that you look at that and you go, hmm, you know what they're talking about. Uh, no, the Peter the Roman, that the next pope would be the last pope be the Roman. So would the cardinals in their right mind pick a pope named Peter, you know, <laughs> knowing this prophecy? I mean, uh, yes, let's face it. People are still superstitious out there. Of course. You know, especially in the Latin American countries, and you know, where well, most of the population of Catholicism the in many of the Latin American countries has also blended in a little of the local exactly. mysticism. So, yeah, they they can be quite superstitious, right? So, if it comes out later, uh, you know, I I think um, there was something about. Um, the second to the last pope having something to do with uh, olives, and and when uh, you know it was it was Pope Benedict, they said, well, you know, no olives there, except that uh, after he was made pope, they found that he had something to do with a uh, an order that had olives in its in its uh, symbolism. So it's like, eh, you know, it wasn't very obvious, but there was something there. So who knows, um, you know, what what's going to happen there. But, um, of course, the uh, prophecy had a lot to say that, you know, the last pope is the, the last pope before Armageddon, before the end of the world. You know, so we're, we come back to the Mayan prophecies, 1221 again. It's like, hmm, the timing again is putting us back into the same frame of mind, you know? I'm not saying that that's it. I'm just saying, you know, is the timing of this whole thing meant to be this way, or is it just synchronicity? It has to do really with us shifting. And to clarify, clarify, because I want to make sure that we make this clear. I mean, when I use the turn of the world, it's the end of the world as we know it. Now, right. Um, right. so we want to clarify that for our listeners. This is not a, and I believe Robert, I know you well enough to be able to speak 
for you as well when when I say that 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 you're in agreement and in alignment with that energy because this is not a fear based message that we're offering up here by any stretch this is a this is just another sign that's you know offering that doorway for change oh absolutely um you know this is we are right now at the beginning of uh, an opportunity to create a whole new paradigm. You know, some people were looking for, you know, big bang, boom, it all happens in one day, when actually change usually happens in spits and spurts and a little boom here and a little boom there. Spits um, and starts, yeah. Yeah, you know, and we are in this transition period between the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius. And what's happening now is um, we're going to individual truth. You know, our individual freedoms, our individual truth of whatever it happens to be, you know, whatever we feel comfortable in believing in, instead of dogma that says, oh, we all have to believe in the same thing. So uh, this is what I, I, you know, uh, I, I have um, part one of the ultimate key. The book I wrote uh, was about unifying science and spirituality. While I actually have part two almost ready to go, um, and that's talking about the the path to self enlightenment. And I think that's where we all are right now. You know, we're all self enlightening. We're looking for our path spirituality you know what do what do we believe in instead of what does everyone believe in it's no longer that we want to fit in with the spiritual beliefs of the world we want what feels right to us and that's what's driving i think this this whole shift you know uh, that's been going on and is going to continue on and what the church does now i i think and who they pick is going to really drive what happens at this point with organized religion. You know, does it, and as I Rick also, was saying, you know, change and, and, and evolve, or does it get left behind? Because we are moving forward. Each individual soul I also, out and there, that's, you know? that's the thing, Robert. I also think for the first time in history, and I'm going out on a huge limb saying this, but I really believe that for the first time in history – Public opinion and public outcry and public thought and feeling is actually going to color the decision of the church mm-hmm. in this case. And I don't think, I can honestly say I don't think that's ever happened before in the history of the church as it stands now where they're actually considering the power of the public that they have been, well, there have been know, many times in the past. Been when, responsible for shepherding. Yeah, right. when anybody that spoke out against was liable to get burned at the stake or skewered. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And here we are, where we come to a point where the church is actually considering what the public wants, what direction the public wants to go in. And I'm not going to say that the church is necessarily afraid of the repercussions of not listening to the people that are speaking, but certainly they are paying attention to what the people are saying. 
because they yes. are aware of the power of those people for yes. the first and, time in history. You know, and, and we are at That's a point right now, a, a decision point that, you know, sometimes you come to a fork in the road, but this is more like a T intersection, <laughs> you know, you've got to turn left or you've got to turn right. You have to make a distinct choice, and I think that's what's going on right now, and it's the collective choice, like you said. I mean, there's a, a collective voice here instead of you know the, the cardinals just sitting in a room by themselves and sending the smoke up the chimney and saying, we have spoken. You know, uh, They're actually listening and going and, and considering what is the best move to make. For everyone, and, and that's why I believe that the uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict actually had a a moment or a period of time where he thought more about the humanitarian values than himself, and said, "For the good of the church, for the good of the people, I should step down and allow a new direction." Now, the question is, are the cardinals going to back him up on that, or is there too much entrenched you know, corruption that they're going to say, no, we're just going to pick another person younger who's going to do the same thing? Well, and it would be interesting if there was somebody younger that had learned over the years how to play the game but still had some opinions. And, and, I don't, and You know what? But, I don't know. I'm going to... Well, but this guy has to have been talking to people, even if he hasn't said, but, I'm going to retire at so-and-so date. He has to have been planting seeds around and stuff, it seems to me. Oh, yeah. They got and a that's short what list. I want to touch on. This is, this is really nothing. This is nothing new, I don't think. And, I mean, this is from part of my experiences um, traveling. Is that I, I did, of course, stumble upon some sisters of the cloth and, and a couple of priests, and I had some... As, as you know, in my nature, I had some very in-depth conversations with them about my perceived or my perceptions of the direction of the church. And you, as you can well imagine, that was rather interesting. Um, <laughs> what I found what I found fascinating was that I, I was privy to some information, thanks to some of the sisters um, and and even one of the priests, that that allowed me to see a new side of the church, that from within the church. Um, so here was here was one, and I'm not going to say which children's home or, or even what country, but here was a, a children's and orphanage that was being run by a bunch of sisters. Um, it was a Catholic orphanage being run by a bunch of sisters. And what they had done is they had opened the door, doors to Muslim children. They had even built um, a, a room within the church for the Muslim Children to pray in, um, to 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 with the direction their... marked and everything. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and they they were encouraging them to to continue on with their faith because their their new way of looking at it was not that um, not that they wanted to take away their faith and replace it with something else. They were content to encourage their faith if their faith was teaching them to love, care for, honor their fellow man, um, and, and, and to honor those things. And they had, in, in their own close connection with 
having lived alongside Muslims, they had learned that a lot of the Muslim teachings were in alignment with the Christian teachings, and therefore they welcomed these Muslim children into this Catholic orphanage and did not force them to change their faith. Now, however, they did not tell the Vatican that that's what they were doing. They hid it. Um because they knew that had they told the Vatican that they might very well be in trouble. But this is what I'm talking about when I say that within the church there was, and this is about two, three years ago, and I'm certain that this is not the only place where this is happening. So this is, there within the church there's already a movement for change. And if you cannot get, you know, the big guy at the top to change, or you can't get the guys sitting in the office to change, Then, but you can change how you interact on a ground level with the people that, that you're responsible for, and that's what I was seeing people doing. Um, yes. Well, and, and, those, organization. and that, that organization of American nuns, that mm-hmm. the, the church said we're going to send somebody from the Vatican to oversee, yes. you know, that things are going properly. And they, the press, of course, went and asked the nuns about it, and the nuns said, "Well, they can send whoever they want. We're going to keep doing what we're doing." And that's all organizations. That's kind of a new thing. Yeah. Nuns standing up and saying, "We're not. We don't care what the Vatican thinks." Right. That that was kind of new and refreshing. Little breeze that blew there. Absolutely, and something to celebrate, and something that three, four years ago might have surprised the hell out of me. But after, um, after having met with and talked to some of these sisters and learned essentially what they were up to behind, you know, the backs of those who were in so-called power, um, I, I had a renewed sense of faith for for what the church, the direction of the church. Um, and I, I really began to, and that's when I lost that angst against the church and started realizing that, okay, here's this organization that, yes, is responsible for, for billions of, a billion people's faith on this planet. And it would be an absolute freaking tragedy if it came crumbling down and crushed the hearts and souls of a billion people on this planet. So I really hope that, that these changes can begin to expand out beyond small groups of of little rebel fighters, if you will. It's kind of like the rebels fighting the empire. Um, But it was absolutely stunning to bear witness to, to actually be able to talk to these sisters and have them explain to me what they were doing, why they were doing it, how they were organizing it, and that they weren't about to back down, but they weren't about to to flaunt it either because they knew that their position was still very tenuous within the church. And so therefore they had set themselves up to be, you know, in a position to be able to care for these children without having a Vatican to fund them. And I found the whole thing just absolutely bloody fascinating. By the way, this is the first time that I've publicly spoken about this, but I think the time's right to be able to say that this is a long time in coming. Yeah, there's a there's a large undercurrent in the church, particularly in these third world countries where we're talking about possibly having a pope from, and um, it it the ship of state or ship of church, any way you want to look at it, something that big, it just takes a little to steer it. It doesn't turn on a dime, Um, and to some extent, a lot of the 
cardinals just had to get old enough that they couldn't vote. Because they turn 80, they can't vote anymore for Pope. And, uh, well, so you combine that with the half of the voting body that this Pope has put in, so they're all younger, mostly. Um, and But I think he knows. There have been a lot of people that have talked about if the new Pope does this sort of thing, he'll need some protection because, you know, you can't fire a right. Pope, but you can kill one, I suppose. Speaking of uh, and, timing, it's after 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah, well. Oh, we need a we'll, song. We'll, we'll, we'll play oh. some Aquarius, and then I want to see... What uh, what you think about the Pope visiting the Order of Malta, the Sovereign Order of Malta, two days before he announced his resignation. And they're sort of the military, they're monks, but they're the military monks. And he went and gave them a speech, thanked them for their uh, tireless and timeless dedication to the Pope, not the Church. I thought that was just quite an interesting speech. But let me find us some Aquarius here. Where'd it go? <laughs> What'd you do with it, Jane? Oh, it's over there. You took the con. You shuffled stuff. <laughs> Every day right, I'm shuffling. Oh, okay. Uh, so we'll have some Aquarius, and we'll be back in about uh, four minutes and uh, talk some more and try to find a way to wrap this up. But definitely an evolving Maybe story. Maybe I'll be in the holodeck. Ah, very good. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. Everybody has a story, a moment in their life that was a turning point that set them upon a path of self-discovery and adventure. Here at Everyday Connection, we value the sharing of those moments, recognizing them to be the inspiring and uplifting gifts that they truly are. We would like to show our appreciation, not just to our guests and sponsors, but to our listeners and supporters who make it possible for us to share those stories. If you would like to support the continued success of Everyday Connection, share your own story, or know somebody whose story can touch the hearts of others, drop by everydayconnection.me and find out how you can become a part of our ever-expanding EC family. Thank <laughs> you. 
bloody, really. Uh, just uh, uh, yeah, I mean, our. But you know, entire, all things it, happen for a reason. You of know? course, of course, all things happen for a reason, and um, I guess maybe that's why I'm past that whole really angry, soapboxy kind of energetic, and and maybe that's part of you know that new age that we're stepping into. Thank goodness right. for that. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's I can look at it. Go ahead. Well, I can look at it now and not want to, you know, I mean, not want to just scream all the time. There's still some times when I want to scream because there was so much injustice done in the name of God that it just, it's sickening really. More than, more than in any it. other, for any other reason. Right. Yeah, and if you think about it long enough, you, you will probably break and cry at some point because it is like, I'm, I mean, wow, we have done some horrific things to our fellow man in the name of God. But at the same time, oh my goodness, look how far we've come. Sure. You know, like really, look, being a Canadian, having worked in a restaurant where I think there was four white people on the entire staff or five white people on the entire staff and every single other person on staff was from a different race or different culture or, or, or different something. Um, and and to, to work in that energy of total respect for culture, belief, religion. Um, there there were no divisions where I worked. There you know, it just never came up. And and so look how far we've come. Well it's it's respect That's for the individual. To celebrate. It's, something it's to celebrate. This individual sovereignty, these sovereign beings running around that what is it, the press has dubbed it believing without belonging. Right. You know, and we're moving into Aquarius which it, the key word, if you were to boil down Aquarius, is truth. I think uh, Gene ought to relate to that. <laughs> yeah, does not know anything about My books or book. titles. Or... <laughs> <laughs> My first book, Culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's that Aquarian uh, so... energy, that, that mother female exactly. water bearer energy. Yeah. Imagine that, Phoenix. Um not saying nothing about that now. I'll just sit here quietly. You explain this one, Robert. It's in your hands. Water bears. What? Well, and you know, the funny thing is, uh, Aquarius is an air sign. And that often confuses people. But but uh, while the, the uh, sign of the water bearer, because it's the pouring out of knowledge from the, the collective mind to be shared with humanity. From above to yeah. below. Right. Yeah, water is intuition. Aquarius is a lot about intuition. Uh, it's intellectual. You know, Aquarius people tend to be very intellectual, less emotional. Pisces is a deeply emotional sign, which is why when you get into belief, oh my gosh, you know, you get into these emotions, strong, powerful emotions when you talk about belief. You know, but then you get, you know, in, into Aquarius, it's more of a, an intellectual communication sign. You know, it makes people think. But you think from your from your higher mind. You know, Aquarius rules astrology. Yeah, and it's it's ruled by the planet Uranus, which is revolutionary. Aquarius is about being reforming. I mean, could you ask for anything more like Wow, we're coming from an age of Pisces, which is conforming, to the age of Aquarius, which is reforming. 
And what does everybody want? We all want to reform the existing systems. I mean, it's a drive coming right from the hearts, guts, souls of people all over. We want to change the system. We want to. Ch- it, we're tired of the war. You know, we're tired of the elite rich being in control and uh, being ruled by a small body of men. Because let's face it, you know, the age of Pisces has been a masculine rulership. Women have been second-class citizens of the world everywhere. There are people in the United States that don't think women should have the vote today. It's incredible to me. And can't drive and have to be in a fully covered from head to toe. And And as I am writing in part three of the Unified Key, when I get into – after I I write about – self-enlightenment in part two and part three, I'm talking about healing. I have been saying for 30 years, you know, that abuse of women is a pandemic, a plague on this planet that has been long been hidden and suppressed. But now it's starting to come out. More and more you're seeing celebrities and everything saying, I was abused as a child. I was raped as a child. And I mean, it's just, they're coming out all over the place and saying yes. And I have been saying it's a whole lot worse than they're even saying. I I have, in my experiences, that three out of four women have had some kind of abuse or will in their lifetime. Three out of the four. See, we were taught when it I went to college interview. for journalism, we were taught that it was five out of six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's even higher. You know, because so yeah. much of it gets because I I did suppressed. a story on it for 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 um, college, my mm-hmm. for one of my my uh, articles in journalism for college, and it was five out of six at the time statistically. So that's nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, and it wasn't long ago. Statistically, five out of six women had been raped, abused, or sexually abused. It yeah. wasn't long that's ago. That's sexual abuse only. Particularly the that's children, not physical. the the female children being abused by family right. members. Mm-hmm. That was something that even when you went to the church, that the yeah. the priest or pastor, it didn't have to be Catholic, would you know assist you in coming to forgive your family member and you know keeping this quiet and all of that. Right. Which is not much assistance in my book, but you know. <laughs> right. So I mean, we're we're moving into this age of reform, and I mean, look at the the Arab Spring. You know. And people, regular, everyday people all over the world are saying, you know, enough of this system is not working anymore. You know, it's not working except for a very few people at the top. They're the only people it's working for. And the rest of us, we're struggling, and they want to take even more away from us. It's not fair. And, of course, Aquarius is about fairness. It's about humanitarianism. You know, it's about caring about the world we live in, in total. You know, and balance. And, and, and balance. So, you know, there is such a an undercurrent that is driving all of these things right now that it's going to happen. It's just a matter of how it happens. You know, is it going to be a constant? tooth and nail fight you know to have people let go of the old system and and slowly 
shove it, you know, in forward inch by inch until we get what we want, you know, or is there going to be some cooperation? I think it's going to be somewhat cooperation because, as you were saying, people inside the system are even sick of it. You know, the ones who would, well, you know, Benedict was the office of Inquisition. Right. Before he was Pope. Right. You know, that still exists. And to have this man who, you know, held the office of the Inquisition and tried, you know, to hold back basically uh, things from happening has finally reached that point where he says, you know, for the good of everyone, I, I, we need to change, and, and I'll be the first one to step aside. That, to me, was an incredible act of courage. You can say anything you want about him. You can say, well, he's an old gay guy you know, who covered up child abuse and all that. Hey, that is all in the past. And yeah. you know what? We're sick of the past. We're, we live in the past. Well, and if you had, if you had formed your personality structure of your life around, you know, this is perfection and can't be questioned, etc., and you just can't see a way, you you see, you know, I think you can't be in that position and and have access to that kind of information and not see the giant turn that needs to be made, and. And 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 just come to the realization you don't have the mental or emotional strength to be able to do that. So I'm going to go hide in a corner of the Vatican and let somebody else do it. Yeah. Somebody younger and stronger and and uh, there's a lot of interesting well, folks even, on that short even list. To have, even to have the spiritual awareness that it's not your task, but it is your it is the time for that to happen. But it's not your task. So. It's not your, so I step aside, and, and he did. He step aside. He hand that over to somebody else. He specifically said in his last words uh, at, at his last audience at the Vatican, in his meeting with the cardinals, he swore his allegiance to the new pope. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going away. And, you know, they destroyed his wing, rings, and, and the, the Swiss guards walked away from the castle at the appointed hour. You know, he's not... He is the Pope Emeritus, and they're going to call him His Holiness, but he's not. All of the vestiges of it fell right at that moment. Right. And, you know, uh, when when um, when Ratzinger became Benedict, he wanted to encourage a person he has seen that that uh, – well, he got hit in the face, really. With you know, the the child sex scandal and then the the uh, the financial thing and then I think probably one of the last things was you know uh, being exposed as being gay and he knew that would not go over well and then his health and he just took all that but at that moment I think he he made a very interesting choice because he could have done many many different things but he decided to do the humanitarian thing, you know, instead of the Piscean thing, as I said, the Pisces is the martyr. Instead of being a martyr, he decided to become the humanitarian. He's moving forward and say, what? Well, no matter what has happened and no matter how we got here, the important thing is where we go from here. And, you know, does that reflect 
you know, kind of like what everyone is feeling now. It's like it doesn't matter how we got there anymore. It only matters is where are we going? Not looking for anybody to punish anymore. We, right. We packed up our our uh, occupies and are quietly formulating how do we move forward from here. You know, and and that's why I mean personally, I I have been writing the other part, the second part of my book, you know, about uh, self enlightenment and saying, well, this is the movement right now uh, where. We are all, you know, seeking our own enlightenment, and I'm not talking strictly uh, looking for our own spiritual source, even though that is certainly a part of it. But I'm talking about, you know, an enlightenment that goes beyond spiritual concerns, but it involves everything. You know, the whole world, our ecology, our economy, our spirituality, how we treat each other. You know, I mean, it. The whole humanitarian, Aquarian, you know, mind think, and and we are being driven by the collective unconscious, which we contribute to. Well, you and, know? and much like Gene, you said, you know, he he gave everybody permission to put their own health first. Exactly. Well, if an organization as old and as large and as entrenched as the Holy Roman Catholic Church begins to change, Mm -hmm. what structure are people going to believe is not changeable? Right. There's nothing. There's nothing that could... I mean, that's that's the thing. That's that's the pinnacle right there. That's the... Nothing nothing else will ever be too big to fail again. No. If that that amazingly strong fortress is breached, then there are absolutely no limits for mankind. That's it. That's the last, as far as I'm concerned, our last major obstacle, hurdle, challenge, whatever you want to call it. After that, there's nothing more really to face. There's only a whole bunch more games to play. And I think that that's that's the thing why I'm kind of sitting on the edge of my seat Acknowledging this as being one of the most, I, I, I don't even have words really for it, because this moment in time with regard to the Catholic Church and the decision that's about to be made is probably one of the most poignant and powerful moments in the history of mankind. There might not ever be an opportunity to change like this moment. And, I don't and we expect... have to recognize the power of that. We have to respect the oh, power of that. Absolutely. Because it 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 is huge. It's the it's the biggest deal going on the planet right now. It's right now in history. It's freaking monumental, <laughs> buddy. We're talking like Jesus Christ has come back kind of energy here. We're this is oh, huge. Second coming sort of thing. People think, right. People exactly. think that Rome don't tell me that Rome fell. Anybody who says that Rome fell and they failed, they didn't fail. They took over the world just as planned. They just happened to be called the Catholic Church. We're just talking about an organization who has, who has successfully, who successfully managed to worm their way into every single country, government, organization, medical, hoo-ha, education system around the world. This organization is in control of the finances in many countries, the education system in many countries.
country, you have to remember that in third world countries, who has built the orphanages, who has built the hospitals, who funds them, the Catholic Church. So don't think that these people don't have power. Yeah, the but the, the online people like powerful, to talk about powerful them. entity is now listening to the people. This is so huge. It doesn't. There's no words to describe how bloody big this is. And I, I wish you know people need to stop hating on this particular moment and just embrace it for what it is. This is our big opportunity to really shift shit in the right direction. This is yeah. it. Now it's not the time to sit in the, you know, well, the next guy could be the Antichrist, you know, my God. And now is the time to sit in your truth of what you believe and and just hold on to that so that because that energetic affects all the in, other energetics. Right. Absolutely. Exactly what I was about to say. That you know, while you know, my conclusions, which of course you've read in my book, but I believe that you know we are the collective consciousness. You know, we are connected by the collective unconscious, as Carl Jung, you know, talked about. That the collective un- unconscious comes into us and and acts through us. To, to be our karmic drive of what we do in our lives, but we are also the collective consciousness who is steering things in the material plane. So collectively, we are creating the future. It, it's, a, it's a cooperative thing. If this is what we want. If we want the age of Aquarius, we have to believe in it. We have to want you it. You have to see it and to, hold to that vision. And do it. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And that's why... It's so ironic to me that the choice that is coming happens during the spring equinox, Aries, the sign of beginnings, the sign of action, you know, of rebirth, you know, in the northern because hemisphere. Because it is. It's our, it's our moment. It's our chance. It's our opportunity. It's a, mm-hmm. It is our 2012. I mean, okay, granted, it's a couple months late. Who gives a shit? It is it. Is it. I mean, there there has been no power on planet greater than the Catholic Church. There never has been. There quite possibly never will be. There's no point in denying it. But there's also no point in being angry about it. Because what if this amazingly powerful structure shifts? Their perception, and, uh, and what if they shift their goals? I also point out that uh, it's it's astro astrally. This is going to be the year of the comet. There are three major comets that are going to be appearing in the sky, and in November of this year, there'll be a comet so bright it should be visible in the daylight, in broad daylight. It's going to be the brightest oh, comet cool. in be, our be lifetime. Visible in noonday sun. Yes. Uh, there's one right now in the southern hemisphere, and and there's going to be and two stars. more. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, signs in the sky. They're they're there. This is the time, people. You know, you but you have to take action. You, you can't just sit back and wait for it to come to you. You've got to go and reach for it. Do what and your heart tells you to do. Do what your spirit is telling you to do. And, it, and freedom, it, it, it very well. Hold on be. to your faith. Please hold on if, to your um, faith. Don't get lost in fear. Hold on to your faith because you, we've truth. got this. We've so got this. We've so got this. Yeah. Your truth. It's, it's there. It's okay. Right. We're on the it's downhill run to the house. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's, 
How long is it? I don't know. It took us a long time to get to the top of the hill. But it's just, it's time to come together in love and compassion and all of the positive things that we want to see tomorrow. Well, as an astrologer, I can tell you, April is going to be a really positive time. We're going to start seeing some some shoots of new growth coming up. Yeah, and so this is the this is the time. You know what a what an amazing first ripple for mm. if December twenty first was a stone tossed into the pond that is the consciousness of Earth. Yeah. What an amazing first ripple. Yeah. To be a sea change and and big ship. The guy's not gonna you know be elected pope and stand up the next day and say okay. Oh no. Never mind. It'll, you know, everybody be patient. Be your eternal spiritual beings. A year, not so big a deal. Exactly. But, wow, this has been a great show. <laughs> ah. So exciting. So exciting. I mean, honestly, thank you, Robert, so much. for. I, I, I was snickering, and I've been kind of sitting back, um, kind of grinning, because I remember one of the things that happened early on, writing that first book called Truth, Um ha 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 for those of you who caught that earlier um that that my boyfriend at the time was watching this progression of synchronicities and and watching these things happen to me and asking me you know how do i know like how do i know what are the how will i know when i'm on the right path and i just kept saying you know you got to watch out for the signs it's not like god's gonna write it in in the sky for you but guess what, guys? He did write it in the sky. He wrote it in the stars. There it is. Um, there's your big sign. The time's here. The time's now. Have faith. Uh, you know, if you want to play the game that, that every kid plays, that, that every kid celebrates at a young age, let's play it together. I win. Doesn't matter what happens. I win. I win. I win. I win. I win. It's you know every every young kid has played that game. It doesn't matter what you do with the cards in front of them. They're still going to tell you they won. Well, stay in that energy. I win. I win. We win. We got this. We win. Yeah, we win. We win. We win. We've got this. Have that faith in your fellow man. Do not focus on that one person at the office that is just the most negative thing you have ever seen. Don't. Don't. Look around and you'll just see. Jean was saying pre-show that somebody she's known for years that's never posted anything except the latest TV gossip is suddenly posting socially responsible stuff. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. But then again, that's it, right? I mean, that's that's the big message. It's it's choice and perception. And so... you choose how you perceive your world, and when your perception of the world changes, so too does your world. It doesn't get any simpler than that. It really doesn't, and that's that's it. That's, that's all it. there is to it. And, uh, you know, so to speak, take the ride you want to take it, you know, the way you want to take it. You know, you want to have lots of thrills, chills, and spills? Well, you know, chase down that one guy that's out of 100 that's really... Sourpuss. Well, Very as, loud, as, but right. so just as I've said, the other way. you know, all things must be experienced in all possible ways, and so you know, everybody is out there following, you know, their own karmic path to experience what they are meant to experience in this life. We all have choices. And sometimes I look at some of these people that are just really in these so negative that their heart is like seems cold, 
and I think, really? wow, I'm glad you're the one having that experience because, mm-hmm. wow, I'll have this, I'll take this one, thank you. <laughs> but it's time, yeah, that means, you know. You know, if you're doing it, I don't right. have to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for but it's time handling now. that. We can put things back in balance. Yeah. Now, balance doesn't mean all good, because if you had nothing but light and you didn't have any shadow, then you wouldn't really have life. Life is a balance between light and shadow. But right now we're out of balance. There's too much shadow and not enough light. We need more light. Absolutely. You know, but we have to find that balance point. And now yeah. is the time. We yeah. could create this reality. Being on the side of light just lives. means shine your light. It doesn't mean push against anything. Exactly. Just be your own light. Yeah. So we all have to follow our path and strive for balance. And maintain that connection every day. Every day. Yeah. There's a segue. Okay. <clears throat> All right, kids, what do we got? No, I have a stream calendar coming here. I stream from Reverend Oh, yeah. Stephen Coots of the... Stephen's Mirror. Um, yeah. The Amazing That'll trip Mirror. You out. That will trip you out. No joke. Um, wow. Will that ever trip... This guy... Blue jeans, mind, and that's hard to do. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm not easily impressed, but the, he... <sighs> wow. I was... I gotta say, he's he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be a very entertaining guest. So uh, that's that's a good one to to show up for guys live. Um, I know we have legions of podcast listeners, and we love and appreciate and thank every single one of you for the loyalty and Big just un, unbelievable dedication that you've shown over the, the last um, couple of months and it continues to grow, which is even, you know, I mean, it just does our heart good to look at the numbers every week and go, yes. Um, you know, we, we, we love you. We do. But if, if ever there was a show, you know, every once in a while we say to you, this is one of those shows that you want to show up for live. This is it. You want to, you want to talk to this guy and experience this yourself. Cause it will mess you up. I'm not even kidding. This guy is so accurate. It's disgusting. So this is so, Thursday. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's uh Ooh, he's some fun. He is. Thursday at so, 8 p.m. Um, Eastern? Yes, Thursday, Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here. Yeah. Same, same bat right. time, same bat channel. Which we learned today uh, that it's 1 a.m. in London the next day. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I saw the show and I said Wednesday. I was like, Wednesday? No, it's Tuesday. I said, the Wednesday at 1 a.m. Universal time. I was like, oh. You mean oh. London time. It's 1 a.m. London time when it's 8 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Wednesday. It's the next day. It's the next day. Yeah, well, that's we've had a couple of guests on the show from Australia, and yeah. it works out because it's not the middle of the night for them like it is some of our friends in Europe. It's like 10 a.m. the next de- the next morning. <laughs> and uh, Doing a future show in the past. Yeah, if I'd have thought about it, that would have been the thing when we did our December 21st show. We had... Uh, Folks in the chat room from Australia, and we're like, "See, it's all okay because they're in tomorrow. Yeah, right, it's, it's almost lunchtime." <laughs> but and so, that, yes, Thursday at eight. Cool. I'll, I'll have to tune in. Yeah, he's Thursday at eight. He certainly, uh, certainly picked off our dear Gene, and somehow I'm yeah. not making connections to to do one. So we'll see what happens with that. Well, maybe do one for you on the show. Oh my goodness! You know. Um, and that would be cool because that then, be then you can be in yeah. awe 
you could be Absolutely. in awe of, of what this man can accomplish on the spot with very little questions and um, a whole lot of intuition. So stay tuned because that's going to be freaking awesome. And um, until then, to each other, to our mother, and always, and especially to yourself, stay connected. Night, everybody. Good night. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your everyday connection. of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details